Welcome to season three of the Yoga Therapy Hour podcast. My name is Amy Wheeler and I'm your host. We are so happy to tell you all that's happening in the world of yoga therapy. And we love to find guests from all over the world so that we can share and learn and grow together. Some of the things that are happening in season three that we find so exciting is that not only are we continuing with the free gift that we are giving out every single week in season two, and you can see more about that in the show notes, but now we are adding a YouTube channel and you can see all of these podcasts on video. The YouTube channel is called Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. Some people like to watch video maybe you want to use it for one of your trainings these videos on youtube will be there for you to use for free we would love your support we have opened up a patreon page that is going to help the podcast flourish and grow you can help us to expand and grow and create more content for you and we'd love for you to visit the patreon page which is called optimal state and yoga therapy hour podcast so let's go into our guest today and please nourish yourself take time for yourself and really relax into listening to the podcast welcome today's guest is a very special guest i've been wanting to invite shuya wang for many months now. Shuya goes by the name Jelly Wang, and she is from Taiwan. And she and her partner, Janice Tsai, are bringing yoga therapy to Taiwan. And I was supposed to possibly go visit them and and do a workshop in October of 2020. But when the pandemic hit in March 2020, all travel from the United States to Taiwan ended up getting shut down and I was not able to go. However, I want the world to know what these two pioneers are up to over there because it's it's pretty remarkable. They are some of the only people over there that even know what yoga therapy is, who are planting all the seeds for many generations of people to understand yoga therapy, the benefits, and what it can do for people in Taiwan. And one of the things that I think is very interesting that Jelly or Shu Yang talks about in this interview is that Taiwan is a very conservative culture. They are taught to obey and listen to their parents and their teachers and even their spouse or their partner that they, it's almost rude to have personal opinions. You should really just go with the flow and that yoga therapy is a little bit at odds with that, meaning it's about self-empowerment. It's about transformation. It's about sovereignty and knowing who you are and what is going on inside you in terms of sensation, emotion, interoceptive awareness, that that is a little bit of a foreign concept to some people in Taiwan. And so I find it a very interesting interview. Jelly also talks about the different types of healthcare 
that she's kind of competing with, if you will. Of course, we don't consider it competition, but there's allopathic Western healthcare, which is provided for everyone in the country. There's Chinese medicine, which is also provided by the government for everyone. And then there's kind of a folk medicine that's passed down from grandparent to parent to grandchild over many, many generations that many people use as a form of medicine too. So to bring yoga therapy into a culture that already has so much free healthcare and that things like talk therapy are not yet really accepted by the general public. Yoga therapy is a very interesting niche that if people really are not wanting to go to something like talk therapy or counseling because they feel it's shameful and it it makes people think that you have some difficulties mentally and emotionally, maybe yoga therapy could be the way in for people to discover what's going on mentally and emotionally inside of their bodies, but through the body instead of just talk therapy. So there's some real opportunity there. And, you know, listening to Shuya, it became apparent to me that she's dealing with a lot of the same challenges that we have here in the United States, that I hear my European colleagues talking about, my South American colleagues, the Canadian colleagues, a lot of us have a very similar problem is that we are trying to educate what yoga therapy can do for people and all all at the same time create a business so we can support ourselves i mean it's very similar i think those listeners that are from india are very lucky because it's already established in indian culture you don't have to do that primary step of educating about what is yoga therapy, what can it do for you, what are the benefits, I think probably in India, that's already understood. So the rest of us have to catch up to that and do it, do quite a bit of education to help people understand what it is that we do as a yoga therapist. So I hope you enjoy this wonderful interview with Shuya, also called Jelly. And just want to give a shout out to her wonderful business partner, Janice, who's a little bit more shy, but we want him to know that we're thinking of him also on this podcast. I would love to welcome our guest today, Shuya Wang. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm in the morning. Hi, everyone. And <laughs> thank you, Amy, for inviting me. I'm so honored and excited to be here. Well, you are an inspiration to me. I saw you at the IAYT conferences and other places. And I'm just in awe of you. Uh, we call you Jelly. <laughs> yes. Anyone wants to know. And you're from Taiwan, and you are a Taiwanese woman. And I guess I'm just in awe because I feel like you are bringing yoga therapy, you and your partner Janice, who I want to give a lot of credit to. Janice, I think, doesn't speak English quite as well as you. Is that, would that be correct to say? He's still working on English? I'm supposed to say he's shy to speak, to oh, okay. express himself. 
he has lots of ideas, but you know, he's a shy guy basically. So okay. just, mm. <laughs> so that usually Jelly and Janice come together. <laughs> oh, they're they're a package. And today we we just have Jelly, but we want everyone to know that Janice is also with us in heart and spirit and and that you two really work well together, I think. Uh yeah. We are trying our best. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Jelly, let's just start out. You're a pioneer of yoga therapy in Taiwan. Where are you located in Taiwan? Oh, we are now in Taipei, or we can say New Taipei City. Yeah, Taipei City and New Taipei City, they are combined together, just two different governments. Right. And and do you actually have a yoga studio there? Uh, yeah, Janice has a yoga studio there and a work there. Mm. And are yoga studios common in Taiwan? Oh, very popular right now. Nowadays, we have lots of yoga studios, gyms, or personal studios, something like that, or uh, sports centers. Mm. Yeah, and... Even in dance studios, they all have uh, yoga classes, very popular. I'm so surprised about that. And are most of the people looking at yoga kind of as a fitness activity in Taiwan? Absolutely, (laughs) right. Actually, most people still think yoga as an exercise. Mm. And of course, because of the advertisement, to tell people you can have a good body shape, you can keep your beauty, keep your edge through yoga. So mm-hmm. kind of those words can attract more people, particularly girls, young girls and women. <laughs> so that you would say most of the people that do yoga are young girls and women? Yes. Mm. Yes. So... What about yoga therapy? What is going on in Taiwan with yoga therapy? Are you are you one of the only people doing yoga therapy right now? Uh, not only me, Janice as well. When we check the IYT website, we also found another Taiwanese teacher who is also accredited by CIYT. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is kind of doing his personal studio or something like that. So she doesn't connect with us. Yeah, she doesn't connect with us at all. So Janice and I uh, works on uh, yoga therapy. And also we have some teachers who had ever attended uh, yoga therapy training from uh, Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy. Mm. And they, they, all try to add those essence uh, into their yoga classes, their general classes, and they try to deliver those essence to their own communities. So, you know, just to give Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy a little shout out with Michael Lee, I know he's traveled to give workshops with you and Janice at the studio at least two or three times now. Three times, yeah, since 2018 till mm-hmm. 2019. 
before a pandemic. Yes, yes. And so are you saying that some of your teachers took the Phoenix Rising method and they're taking parts of it and implementing it into their group yoga classes? Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know this about me, but I took all the levels of Phoenix Rising back in the early 1990s. Yeah, we know that. I forgot if it's Michael taught us or Tosh told us. I forgot, yeah, but I know. Yeah, I, I love know. Phoenix Rising. I feel like this idea of self-exploration and interoceptive awareness and finding the feelings that are coming up and, and tell me more about what's happening in your body. I've, right. I still use a lot of the right. method in my current yoga therapy practice. Right. So, right. so it sounds to me like Phoenix rising is kind of the type of yoga therapy that you and Janice are bringing to Taiwan. Yes, it's true because we notice most of teaching still tell students how to do, what to do, you should do, but we can resonate with that due to our culture and our education. Since like um, when we were in the schools, we all were asked to listen to teachers, follow to teachers. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is to learn, read, memorize, and take the test. So it's kind of, kind of invisibly build our learning habit mm. and like a brainwashing to say your learning way is right. This is the correct learning way. So like to me, when I first time met Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy, and I never forgotten when I was in Japan, the very first morning class, after the class, after the practice, Toshi asked me, what's your intention today? And then I was shocked. <laughs> I didn't know what I should reply because I, I'm accustomed to listen to teachers uh, in this training, you have to tell me what we are going to do today. Why did you ask me what's your intention today? Yeah, but you know, I just, I very frankly, I say, I don't know. And with a little bit embarrassed smile, <laughs> but Toshi is very nice. He smiled to me. He said, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, it's kind of a big shock for me during the training, during the practice. I, I just like fight with myself. I want to have the answers, but why? Why I need to find my answers by myself? And I remember during the training when Jenna's, when we discussed the whole training and when we discussed how to apply this method to our teachings when we back to Taiwan. And then I remember Ajena said, I think it's a little hard because there's no answer. And I said, yeah, what can we do? And I remember we also asked Michael the same question and 
he just smile and I said, oh, you can try. You just try everything you want to try. And then we just, uh, is that an answer? Okay, okay. Maybe we, we are too focused on finding answers. So I remember when we, when we finish level one, level two training and back to Taiwan and start to general teaching, I started to try put those like empowerment elements mm. in the groups. And it's kind of a big challenge. And yeah, I could see students' facial expressions. They go, huh? <laughs> Question mark on the face. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm imagining their little heads exploding, you know, like the emojis yeah. that have the head. Like, what is she talking about? Self-empowerment. <laughs> right, right. And I tr- and the, the other challenge is we have to translate the English words to Chinese words. And so we like, what's happening now? This sentence, we try different ways to express in Chinese, in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Because if directly translate, it sounds like a little weird. Yeah. Mm. So we kind of play lots of language. But during this process of playing, we really find our own ways. So now it's working more and more smoothly. I couldn't say everyone can accept right away, but I could say more and more people can accept the way we teach. So I'm just curious what, instead of what's happening now, or what are you feeling now, what would be the way you would say that in Chinese to make them comfortable enough to explore what they feel or think? Like we also try to use, what are you noticing now? Mm. Or what are you aware of? But aware of sometimes in Chinese, students cannot get it. So normally we use notice. How about sensation? Can you feel sensation? Depends. It's not, oh, oh, talking about sensations. It's like half, half. Half students can really can feel their sensations. They can talk about lots of sensations, but half students, they just, ah, what are you talking about again? Or sometimes we really annoy students <laughs> or clients. Yeah. Don't ask me sensations. I have no feelings. You just uh-huh. tell me how to do, what to do, please. Yeah. So sometimes I just, oh, should I give up? <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel, mm, oh, this is a good, good thing to practice. But along with their reactions, I also uh, doubt myself if mm-hmm. I am not good enough to lead them to this part, right? And, and, your Taiwanese and or Chinese students, are they interested in going inside and learning about how they feel and uh, talking about how they feel? Do they like that? Yeah, some of them, yes. Yes. 
some of some of them really like to do that and really feel that way. Yeah, but some of that is like kind of two two groups. Some of them they don't. They just want to make their physical body stronger and mm. healthier. That's all. They refuse and refuse to me. Don't talk any anything inside. Just tell me outside. Yeah. And then and then you go along with that. If they just want the physical and they don't want to explore emotions, you just give the physical. Yeah. If they ask for that, I just uh, provide a physical practice for them. Mm-hmm. But I try to wave some inside stuff, some emotion, sensation, like other koshas into. Mm-hmm. And I did not particularly emphasize on those words but I found out day by day and it's like mm, they they were affected by those words and some of them in some day and sometimes suddenly say I seem to feel how you say about sensation or how you say explore your inside something like that but they still refuse to explore <laughs> inside. They just, mm, I feel that, but I, I don't want to do that. Right. I, I admit there is such a thing now, but I still don't want to do it. <laughs> right. And right. Do you, so, but do you think that is more cultural or do you think every culture has people that do not want to explore mental, emotional, spiritual things and other people do? I mean, is it any different than the United States or Europe or India? Mm, originally, I thought it is because of our culture. Mm-hmm. We are more conservative. We were taught you cannot talk about your sensations, your feelings. Even you have bad emotions, you have to hide yourself. Expressing bad emotions is a bad reaction to everyone it's implied we were told about mm-hmm. that very strongly right but uh when i was traveling to other countries including united states and met different people i think it's not yeah part of them is culture but i feel like it's the whole society or a whole universe <laughs> if yeah, give some kind of hashtag. I always like to say hashtag. Don't express yourself. Express <laughs> yourself is impolite. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. We have, I mean, I don't know about the Taiwanese culture, but I know from my students, there are plenty that just, for whatever reason, do not want to go there. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's the whole world or the whole universe we mm. see people who are more likely to express themselves or to say, no, thank you. That's not what I'm doing here. Right, right, right. So mm. it's really interesting, but like we have so many uh, talk therapists, counselor in the clinic, right? Okay. And then they do talk therapy, mm. right? Actually, for most people, they still think going to see psychiatrist and talk to counselor 
is embarrassed, mm. shame. So, which means everyone just thinks, oh, you you have some mental problem. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's the part of reason make people when they have some mental health problem and they really don't know how to do what to do. Yeah. It's interesting because when you say that, it strikes me that you could fill a very specific niche for for people who don't want to feel shame to go to the counseling clinic. But if they do it through their body and through yoga therapy, it isn't as shameful. Right. It's kind of like the same result with a different technique. Right, right, right. They, because they, they just thought this is my personal stuff. This is my secret. You are a stranger. Why should I tell you? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And do you feel, I mean, you're obviously, you and Janice are pioneers in Taiwan. Do you feel like there's a lot of potential for yoga therapy to grow? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have the confidence that we have a big and wide space to grow up yoga therapy, but it takes time. Like now we established a Taiwan Yoga Therapy Association in 2020. And originally we wanted to start all the events like we invited you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are ready. And then, okay, pandemic again. So, yeah, so it's kind of like stuck during these two years. But now it seems the whole situation is getting better. So, yeah, we are ready to go and we are planning to start to present different workshops with different topics and courses. And also we are trying to give something for participants who come to the workshops or courses. Because we also notice that Taiwanese people like to get something, get actual something <laughs> when they participate in one event or yeah, like a free gift. So, so, so does that mean like a yoga mat or does that mean a certificate or an a free lesson like what it what kind of thing would a taiwanese person like to receive certificate of course <laughs> certificate and ah. uh, methods i remember last year the whole situation is was not so worse so i presented one workshop about yoga therapy and uh, breath and then also we use feedback form for participants. And when we got those forms, all of them mentioned about, "Mm, it's a good workshop. I learned a lot about yoga therapy. I have the idea in my mind, but all we need to know is the methods. I want to, like, you have to give me three methods of breathing (laughs) and which which methods is good for which body part or good for which which kind of energy I want that. And so when I read those forms, I just, ah, okay, how, again, ask myself, how can I balance between giving methods and 
delivering, finding your own path. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes, and yeah, makes total sense. So, where would you like yoga therapy to go in the future? If if you could see five or ten or fifteen or twenty years, what would you like to see for yoga therapy in Taiwan and and for you and Janice? Hmm. Janice and I really wish we can cooperate with professionals in different fields, just like what you are doing right now in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of yoga researchers and scientists and doctors mm-hmm. to join this field. Yeah, this is really what we really wish we can do that in the future. Because you know, uh, when you have the theory, the research support to your job, and then it makes the whole job more complete, it can make people feel more relieved to do this job. Mm. Yeah, and. Then the second one is, of course, we wish more and more people can step into this yoga therapy field and find their own paths in their life journey. And of course, if it's possible, I, I don't know if it's Jenna's wish, but it's my wish when I was in Japan attending international yoga therapy. I think that was the first time we met. Yes, the Global Yoga Therapy Consortium in Sendai, Japan. Uh, People from all over the world came to share with one another. And that was actually the the genesis of this podcast, was to to take all those people I had met from around the world and bring us together. Even, you know, the pandemic has stopped us from getting together, but to still keep in touch and, and spread yoga therapy all over the world. Right. I really appreciate you did this job. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Right. I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying listening to that. <laughs> Different so, but you were it. saying when you were in Japan, you kind of had an idea of what you would like to see in the future. Yeah. When I was in Japan, I right away immediately sent a text to Janice and say, and I, I, I took photos. I said, see people mountain people see here and so many members in the uh, japan yoga therapy association if i'm right and to be the volunteers to support the whole conference i think we also can have such a yoga conference in taiwan and we can invite it great uh, yoga therapists and researchers to come to taiwan and have a yoga therapy conference and in Chinese love, translation. <laughs> I love that vision because what a lot of people don't know is that when we went in Japan, a very, very small country, 1,200 people were part of the Japan Yoga Therapy Society. Yeah. 1,200, like that is a huge number for such a tiny country. And like you said, they had several hundred people volunteering to take right the presenters around and to work at the booth and to get everybody fed. And I mean, I, I was so impressed. Right. Right. True. And, and how does such a small country get so many yoga therapy people? Like I, I still don't understand it. Me either. Right. 
but yeah. but you could do that. I mean, you're such a young woman. When I look at Keishin from Japan, he's been doing this, I think, 70 years or something like that, right? So right, right. if we took you, Jelly, I'm not sure how old you are, but if we took you 40 or 50 years from now, it's possible, hopefully sooner. Yeah, hopefully sooner. I'm 40 right now, by the way. I'm oh. not young. That's <laughs> so young. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And right. I hope we, we really can do that, but we still need more and more people to experience the yoga therapy and then to join us. Yeah. Are the yoga teachers interested in making that jump to yoga therapy? Yes. More and more yoga teachers, when they attended our workshops, our courses, our group class, classes, or read our articles, Janice and I keep posting related articles on Facebook mm -hmm. and more and more of them are interested in yoga therapy, right? Wow. So what is it like being someone on the cutting edge like this? I mean, I think a lot of people in the, in the United States and in the West, we feel like we're on the cutting edge but we are not anything compared to what you're doing. You are you and Janice and this one other person in Taiwan are starting something. What does it feel like? And what is it like to be that person that that's just going to go for it? Okay. That's a question I really want to share with you. It's to me, to me, it's very complex. I have lots of feeling in that because it's a, there are a bunch of challenges there. I feel so content to sharing this work to students and clients. But in the meantime, I sometimes feel helpless where I can get more resources to support me, to support our job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that because we have some very strong and firm structure in our society. The very first one is we have a very good health care insurance here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have ever heard in Taiwan, like when you go to the clinic, you use your healthcare insurance, you only have to pay five bucks to see a doctor and get the medicine, right? And if you want to get a serious inspections in a continental hospital, and with your insurance, healthcare insurance, you only have to pay around uh, 15 bucks. And every, everyone can do that. Everyone can do that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, if you come to Taiwan, you can see step, 10 steps, I can say, oh, one clinic. And mm -hmm. then, oh, one's hospital. <laughs> we have so many hospitals and clinics here because it's really cheap to go to see a doctor. And I, I always like make a joke, like say, 
hospital is like a department store when they have a university sale or like Halloween sale or Christmas sale every day. <laughs> right. So when people get sick or feel uncomfortable, they just go to take their healthcare insurance and they go to the hospital and get the diagnose and then get the medicine and then feel better. Mm-hmm. And if you feel worse again and then go back to again because I only have to pay five bucks. It's nothing. And is it is it mostly allopathic medicine or is it Chinese medicine also? It's allopathic medicine. Yeah, because we also have Chinese medicine clinic. Mm. So yeah, we have Western medicine and Chinese medicine. So also Chinese medicine also included in healthcare insurance. Oh my. Yeah, again, you only have to pay five to six bucks and go to see a Chinese doctor, Chinese medicine doctor and get the medicine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you, we we, we all have the same experience when you feel uncomfortable and then you just get the medicine and Mm. then you can right away feel much better. So it's a little bit sad for some of my clients, they really experience how worthy it is during a yoga therapy session. But they also honest to tell me it's really a good practice, but I have no time to practice to feel myself, to calm down myself, to balance my nervous system. Right now, I need to solve my problem right now. So I need to I think I better to go to see the doctor. It's the quick, quickest way, fastest way. Yeah. So sometimes I feel a little bit uh, sad about that, right? And this is about the uh, medicine, uh, about the hospital. And the second one, um, we also have a very a strong fork treatments, something like a knife healing cupping therapy or scrapping i don't know if you you Mm -hmm. have ever heard that yes yeah like i think a lot of people in the west are using cupping therapy yeah but all happened in the hospital right Mm -hmm. you need to go to see the doctor but it happens in we call the kung fu clinic Mm, kung fu clinics so like you said folk medicine yeah we we say folk treatments Mm. Yeah, is, for, that, is that more like from the more indigenous people and the the time like a hundred or two hundred years ago, the, the medicine that people used in the past? I'm not sure, but most of them they are learned from their grand grandfather, mm. from their father, and they have they they say let us they claim they have specific skills. Yeah. to adjust your body mm-hmm. and yeah without any reason but they just know your body and adjust the, and adjust your body right and we also have those kind of uh certificates mm. but you know it's not from the official certificate like what doctors have right yeah. but again when you ask the client to move their body to feel where the pain is, how, 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 how does the pain feel like? And they rather go into 
the Kung Fu clinics to find mm-hmm. someone. We say master, Kung Fu master. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you have me. competition with the Kung Fu master. <laughs> right. And then I said, I just spent like, uh, I just spent 20 bucks and then I can, I can feel my pain is getting better. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend time to feel my pain and to explore where it is or something. Yeah. So again, some clients notice it's a good thing for their body, but they want to show car to get the uh, good beneficial effect, right? Is there yeah. is there something that yoga therapy can do that nobody else is doing? You know what I'm saying? That there's an area that yoga therapy could kind of grasp that thing because the others are not doing it right i think the yoga therapy can can do integration like from my clients they of course they uh go to see doctors go to see chinese medicine doctors Mm -hmm. uh, go to kung fu clinics and go to different places to try to solve their problems and they also share with me their experiences and then, you know, I just listening and I help them to integrate with all the stuff, mm-hmm. what they are doing right now. And some of them really get it. And, oh, so it's connect, it's connected. I can connect all of them. It's not separated. Some of them can get that idea, but some of them, mm, yeah, still have, I think still need time to get in there. So you're saying they get it like the, body, the mind, the breath, and the spirit are all connected, but others just that is so foreign to them. They just don't understand that. Right, right, right. Wow. Right. You know, I think as yoga therapists, you and I, it's it's common sense. Of course, it's connected. But I think even in the West, most of the population is walking around not understanding the connection, that their headaches are connected to their stress or their back went out when they had problems in their marriage, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. like it's a, yeah. it's a very foreign concept to most people. Right. True. True. So it is the worthiest part of yoga therapy, but also it is the most challenging part of the yoga therapy. Mm, yeah. Rewarding yeah. and challenging. Right. And, true. But you said that you, I think when we were talking earlier, it sounds like you have plenty of clients. Not plenty of clients, but I try to reach different kinds of clients since I started my yoga therapy training in 2015. And even I just gave them only one session, but my goal, my intention is to acknowledge different people with different personalities and backgrounds and what their reactions to yoga therapy, right? I just want to know. So, so I heard a lot of feedback like that. And then originally I gave myself a kind of pressure, like I must <laughs> deliver the essence of yoga therapy in Taiwan. I need to, I need everybody to know how great it is. So like just why I say oh, the cutting edges, sometimes I feel helpless because mm. I want to do that, but the result 
is not always match up with your thoughts. Right. Your, your expectations are not always met. <laughs> right. and, and by that, you mean you might give yoga therapy to someone and they just don't get it. And no. that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And I remember when I started to this work and sometimes clients cannot, couldn't get anything of that. And, you know, with, with a huge confusion after the session, and oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That sounds painful to hear about. Right. And uh, I doubted myself, ah, okay, mm, maybe there's something wrong. And mm. I need to, all I thought is, how can I progress myself mm. with different ways? But after some clients and after lots of self practice, I realized that it is okay. Not, it's true, it's a truth. Not everybody is suitable for yoga therapy. Mm. But if I can inspire them some inspiration after yoga therapy, maybe after yoga therapy session, and then they thought, oh, actually I can go to attend music therapy. Then I also did a good job. Mm. Yeah. Some, yeah, for some people, then I realized that for some people, I, I always like to say a uh, karmic connection. Mm. Maybe there's no karmic connection between he or her and yoga therapy. <laughs> and I think this is so important to talk about. A, a lot of yoga therapists that I talk to have the same feeling that they want to deliver the essence. It's made such a difference in their life and it has changed everything for them. And they go and the client doesn't really get it. And then they start self-doubt and wonder if they did it wrong. And, you know, I think it's a very normal thing to experience Right, right. It's normal. <laughs> yeah, and I also can resonate with that because some people, they, they also like to provide their suggestions to me. Oh, you should do that. You can do that. But mm -hmm. I really go to try that. But uh, finally, I found mm, it's not for me. Yeah, so, okay, thank you. I have tried, but it's not for me. So I did not choose that method, something like that. So. Yeah, kind of. Mm. And Jelly, what what made you love yoga therapy so much? Did you take a session and, and have a really good experience or what made you go down this path? I was transformed during yoga therapy journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the transformation is not transformed right away. It's when I look back, it, it was transformed once at a time. And that's one day I, when I, I remember when I woke up and then I suddenly feel something and I just felt, hmm, I was different. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like what I just said, I was born in a very conservative culture. I was educated by listening to teachers, listening to your parents, 
like you have to following every rules you you cannot have any uh, your personal opinions all you have to do is to uh, obey mm-hmm. obey your boss obey yeah everyone and yeah I'm re- I really did that but at the same time I feel so painful mm. but by that time I didn't know what happened to me I just felt I was struggling I was painful for that but uh, I still can walk I still can you know have friends I still can do everything but I just I don't know what happened to me and but when I started to the yoga therapy training and then I still didn't have no idea what what it happened but uh, along with the practice day by day I started to feel there is something changed but not my body because I I I get used to using my body for couples of years mm-hmm. but I start to hey my mental state feels like changed but I couldn't describe I didn't know how to say it hey and then after that I feel uh, my emotions stay also changed and I when I saw one thing I had different views around one thing mm-hmm. and I didn't mean to do that it just came up naturally I think it's a natural change until one day that one day I woke up in the morning I said I just felt oh I feel I was different yeah and then I was so excited about that. I remember I text to Michael. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I, feel I, I, I feel what transformation is. Because he likes to talk about transformation. Mm-hmm. transformation yeah. Is transformation. And I think oh, that's the transformation. Right. Yeah. And again, right. Michael Lee from Phoenix Rising. And did you get pushback on that? Because if you've been one way your whole life, obeying and listening and being a good girl, and then suddenly you have this this inner transformation allowing you to see a different perspective and feel your feelings and like did what did the people around you accept this new jelly? Yeah, people around me start to feel I'm different. Mm. Yeah. And my mother, my mother talked to me. She said, one day she said, mm, you become more mature <laughs> and you become more stable. <laughs> yeah. And I said, oh, oh, right. Oh, really? And he said, yeah, I'm your mother. I know you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And also because of this transformation, I know that I have my own empowerment to decide everything. So I also gave up one relationship, that relationship that I have been there for for couples of years. It's a long-term relationship. But at that moment, I realized I need to give up that relationship. I couldn't mm-hmm. do that because during the whole relationship, most of the time, I obeyed my partner, my mm-hmm. ex-partner, right? Mm-hmm. And then it shocked lots of people. They say, oh, you look so good. You, you guys look so good being together. 
why did you do that? They thought uh, I was crazy. But mm -hmm. I said, no, I was very clear what I am doing right now. Right. But it really you're, shocked. You're leaving me speechless. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I think this is what we call sovereignty, internal sovereignty. Right, right. That's the word. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Right. So beautiful. So beautiful. Well, Jelly, we have talked for an hour. We didn't think we'd get this long together, oh. but I would like to know, is there any last things that we haven't said that you would like to tell us about yourself or yoga therapy in Taiwan? I think I have talked a lot about that, but yeah, it's still, I know it's still a long way to go to make the yoga therapy more acceptable here in Taiwan. And I know it's a long way and a hard way to do that. But I have so many mentors and idols, including you, mm. you know, and I, I still hope to come <laughs> once we you get must the come. pandemic. <laughs> yeah, we, had, please. We, had, we had planned for October of 2020. I think that's what I was talking to Janice about. I think that was it. And then in right. March, the pandemic hit and oh, there, right, right. No, no way for this to happen. Right, right. So I, I, I say next year, next year. Right. <laughs> I, I never forgotten your energy and the vibes when I saw you the first time in, in Japan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember when I, by that time, I, I don't know you are the, uh, you are the chair, chairman mm -hmm. of IAYT. And that is Jenna's text me and say, find any waiter. Find Amy Wheeler. She uh -huh. is the chairman of IAYT. Go find her and take a take, take a photo. And then uh -huh. I said, okay, okay, okay. So I also asked Toshi. I, and then, you know, Toshi told me, and then when I first met you, I just, I want to be a person like that. Mm. You know, you are one of my idol type or mode to learn. Yeah, so... I like your energy, your vibes, your passion, particularly you share lots of stuff through media, Instagram, TikTok, yeah. Facebook, podcast, YouTube. You know, sometimes I feel a little shame that I, I sometimes feel contact like, oh, I post the article regularly. Okay, that's okay. I have some YouTube video. Okay, but when I see your work, I just, okay, I'm not enough. <laughs> no, no, no. First of all, we need to give credit to our whole Optimal State team and that it's taken us over 25 years to get here, right? So I think a lot of people see all that we're doing and they think that's Amy doing this and she just works 23 hours a day. No, that's not true. We have a, a big team. And I remember even at 15 years in, I was so depressed and so just like I wanted to give up because I thought this is going nowhere. I'm doing nothing. Why does it matter? Like I remember almost giving up at year 15. Wow. So really a long way. Yes. And, and I'm not going to lie. Even now, sometimes I feel like, what am I doing? Are we even making a difference? 
you know, in the big picture of the universe throughout all of space and time, why does this matter? But what I've really come to jelly is that it matters to me. I love doing it. And I do think we're touching people. So that's, that's what we're going to keep doing. And I think you're in the same boat. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Passion. <laughs> mm -hmm. And is there yeah. anything else you would rather do? No, I think it's okay. I think, yeah, that's all. That's the whole situation right now in Taiwan. Yeah. And yeah, we need your support in the future a lot. Mm, well, you <laughs> have it. I, I really respect and honor both you and Janice. I will do what I can to support you and ask others to do the same. And, and everyone listening to this podcast, I would like them to start connecting with, with both of you and we'll, we'll have your information at the, at the bottom of the show notes because we are a worldwide family. We're all doing this all over the globe. Well, thank you for coming. It was just such a pleasure. And your English is so, so good. So good. I'm, I'm in awe. Good. Thank you. I passed the test. <laughs> you did. You did great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Shuya, for helping us to understand what it's like to be a pioneer and bring a brand new healthcare modality into a culture and a country that has not experienced yoga therapy before. I think there's many people from countries that will listen to this interview and say, oh my goodness, that's exactly what we are experiencing in say Vietnam or you know, a number of other countries where yoga therapy is still a seedling. It's still starting to, to grow out of the earth. And I think many of the people who have the brave courage to, to do something like this, it's because they had personal transformation. They experienced yoga therapy and it did something inside of them. It shifted them just like we heard with Jelly's story that she came from a very conservative culture where she was supposed to listen and obey and wrote, memorize and repeat back. And it was impolite if she had personal opinions and that through yoga therapy, she found her way to transformation from the inside out. She found herself having some self-empowerment, self-regulation. As she said, her mom said, you're more mature and more stable. And that she made some big changes in her life. And because of that, now she, like many of us, wants to share yoga therapy. So... I think one of the things that comes to me as I listen to this, of course, many of us had the exact same experience that we were transformed by yoga therapy and now we want to share it, but it's kind of an uphill climb. And so first of all, I hope we can all support Jelly and Janice mentally, emotionally, spiritually with our prayers to help them push forward in Taiwan. But secondly, 
I want to say that there's something I want to do for the two of you. Uh, if if they will accept this, I don't know if, if they will. After Jelly and Janice hear this, maybe we can get together and talk. It's a little surprise I have for them. But the Optimal State has just come out with the Optimal State mobile app, which allows people to track their mental, emotional and physical health, according to the gunas, according to yoga philosophy, Sankhya philosophy, and Ayurveda. What I would like to offer is that we will create this in the language of Taiwanese, and therefore they'll anyone in the whole country will be able to use the mobile app to track themselves and get ideas for meditations, for breathing techniques, lifestyle changes, all of it, you'll be able to do that with the app in the Taiwanese language soon, like within a few weeks, once we get together and and just talk a little bit. So that is my gift to Janice and Jelly to help push forward the efforts in Taiwan. And I also want to say if there's other listeners from other countries that would like us to do the same for you and and the language that you speak in, we are more than open to creating it in your language. You just have to contact us and we will see if it's possible. So it takes a little bit of work on our end, but it is doable and we want to make it available in as many languages as possible. If you have not yet downloaded the Optimal State app on your Android phone or your iPhone, please go to the store and do it now. It's still free. We're just coming out of beta testing. It should be working well. And we just want to get more of you using it as well as your clients. And it's called the Optimal State app. All right. Have a great day. Please don't forget to sign up for our newsletter mailing list, where we give you a free gift every single week. It's usually something that the guest has been talking about, like a book chapter or an article or an infographic. Check out the show notes for that. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget, we have a new YouTube channel called Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. We also have a new Patreon page where you can support us to bring you the most excellent content. And that is Optimal State and the Yoga Therapy Hour Patreon page. Also, you could write us a review on most major platforms that host podcasts. Give us five stars if you appreciate the show and tell us what you love so that we can do more of that. Finally, we support several nonprofit organizations through this podcast. See the show notes to understand how you can help. If you'd like to be a guest or a sponsor for this program, contact us at the email welcome at theoptimalstate.com. Welcome at theoptimalstate.com. And finally, a special thank you to our team here at Optimal State. We are truly a global family. George Mantuan, one of our executive producers. Adam Satchel, senior media producer and sound engineer from the Philippines. Krishna Panchal, a producer from Canada. Modupe Abdullahi, who does the show notes and is an editor for us from Nigeria. And Peter Morley, 
who wrote and produced the music for this show, who lives in Australia. Find more about Peter's work at www.zenmusic.biz. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.